If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And a very warm welcome to you, even though it is getting a little bit chilly in the air at the moment. And I can see that, I mean, Carrie, of course, always walking around in <laughs> sleeves. I'm wearing like, you know, even though we're only not even into winter yet, I'm wearing long sleeves. But uh, yeah, you're looking full of bright, like, you know, <sighs> full of joys of spring, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is this the time of year you like, Carrie? I love autumn. I think it's just one of my favorite, favorite times because my favorite flower is the pansies. So they're all coming out now and starting to bloom. And I think they're gorgeous. And I think our gardens are telling us, all the colors in our garden are telling us it's becoming autumn, but they're all those warm, rich colors, the golds and the oranges. And, you know, the leaves are falling off the trees. So we get to do that whole recycling without making our own compost. Mm. And I just think this is a really nice time to enjoy your garden and sort of consolidate. You know, the summer stuff is actually still looking really good because we haven't had that cold that's actually knocked it out yet. Mm. And we haven't got as cold that we need to start putting the all the frost cover on. And so it's just a beautiful time to be in your garden. And I have to admit, every moment that I can spend outside, I'm spending outside, whether it be in the evenings or in the mornings. It's that just, is what we should be doing, even mm. through the winter months. We yeah. have our life in a garden. Yes. Life is a garden. We should yeah. be out there in the garden. And I love walking around at the moment and just looking at the pinocs because the colors on the pinocs at the moment are just phenomenal. Yeah, I I just think it's it's kind of a warming our hearts, you know, so it's warming our hearts for winter because when we get into spring, you have that brightness in the blue of mm-hmm. the sky that changes. Whereas in winter, it's actually our plants that are going to warm our hearts. And that's what the foliage is busy telling us. And yeah, I really love it. So... The light hasn't changed yet. It's still summery light at the moment. It hasn't quite hit that white nuclear blast white of winter. No, 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 not yet. Although the sun is changing direction. I can see when I drive to work. Oh, my goodness. It's in my eyes all the time. I'm thinking, what's going on here? And it comes down (laughs) and it's behind the trees now and my house descends into subterranean gloom. Oh, no. So, but it is the time to just have a look and enjoy what's around us because everything is looking beautiful, Mm. as I say, between the seasons. And um, it's also a really nice time to get into your garden and plant. And uh, because it's not not your bulbs yet, though. No, no. (laughs) Life as a Garden did say, you know, start buying your bulbs because it's interesting how people are so worried that they're going to sell out of certain things, which we tend to do. Mm. So as soon as we've said our bulbs on the floor, like our first batch we sold within the weekend Mm. and then we ordered more and they now keep selling. And it is so lots of people are buying their bulbs and then storing them. So that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. And only when it gets to when I tell you to. Okay, there we go. (laughs) When Mel drops and says this is the time. But a thing on that, by the way, just in case people are starting to get panicky, um, and I'm sure that a lot of the retailers are letting people know is that the big shipment of daffodils and lacoy have been delayed and will only be arriving in South Africa surprisingly in the first week of July which is still it's not not too late (laughs) ladies and gentlemen it is not too late okay oh my goodness yeah so there's been a lot of panic buying um, and people going what are we going to do they're not coming they will be here and they will still be viable they will have them at the stage where you can pop them in the ground and they will still flower in spring beautiful okay so just to to that's just from me coming to you because I know that there has been a thing about it recently yeah I thought it was going to be mid-May but then I tried to rush all my bulbs I, I just think 
now that I've seen how joyous they can be in your garden and what a surprise it is when they come up, I think, I just want to put the bulbs in. I don't want to wait anymore. <laughs> but don't put them in too early. It's too hot still. The ground yeah. temperature is not cold enough yet. Yeah. We will let you know. If but you're I, listening, don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it yet. <laughs> but I think it is that surprise. That's one of the things uh, with gardening that I really, really enjoy. And I think even with gardeners, you know, sharing different things. I had a, a gentleman who some of the grass was dying in my garden. And... Um, he said, oh, you know what, if I find some extra square meters, I'll come and plant them. And you know how some people say that and you don't think oh, it's never mm-hmm. going to happen. And then I got home last night and there uh, two or three square meters of my garden had been freshly laid with grass. Oh, and I was just like, oh, this is what gardeners are. They're just so generous in spirit. You know, they just share whatever they can. So, And it's the same with bulbs. When you Once you've planted them and you leave them in the soil, then they multiply. Yes. So I think we're almost learning from our plants to be generous because plants are generous with each other. You know, we had a customer this morning and um, she'd collected all her poppy seeds from last year. So she says, I have a whole bag of poppies that she's now going to start planting in her garden. Mm. And I thought, oh, isn't that what it is all about? It's just using your garden to collect, to share with friends, to share with each other. You know, and then hopefully come to the garden center and buy what you can't get from your friends and other people. <laughs> yes, I know. I, this is always a thing we like to say to people. You know, you, sharing is caring. But mm. then, you know, the, the nurseries also need to make some money. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've got certain things that maybe you can't share. They don't grow so easily. Things like that, parsnip seeds. Like parsnip. Oh, we were talking about parsnips. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's come up. Um, Carrie's actually started eating some parsnips and stuff. I know. It's bizarre. I, I think finally, and maybe it's as you get older you realize how important it is to eat healthy. And I, I've only managed to do it for five days. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm so over this vegetables and healthy eating and no sugar and no carbs. So it lasted for five days, but it will pick up again. Maybe I'll break it for two or three or yeah, take, two or three weeks and then go it. back again. One day every week is a cheat day. Only one. I was going to go the other way around. One day every week is a vegetable day. I will give you the recipe for the parsnip cake. Trust me, you will never want to eat anything else again in your life. You see, vegetable cake sounds like a good idea to me. As long as it's got cake in the way. Yes. All right, so what, okay. what have you got happening in life as a garden? Okay, so with life as a garden, what they were talking about, and I know we're four months into the year, but it was, this is 2021 is the great reset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have we reset the way that we live? Have we included... The plants in our garden have we put those colors the um pantone yellow and the gray um into our gardens to like we're speaking about the warm colors now with the yellow mm. and i've just planted a garden that's got gray a whole lot of gray foliage and then okay, i can play it up with yellow but maybe i'll put yellow pansies in but then my other contrasting foliage was dark purple Mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite a nice color combination. So at least I was using one of the Pantone colors of this year. Well, but if you use helichrysum, of course, then it gets yellow flowers. So you've got exactly the two colors that you need to have in your garden. Exactly. And there's three different types of helichrysum that you could go and look for in your garden center. Mm. So I think, you know, and helichrysum has that magnificent smell. Mm. You get that licorice one and it has very good medicinal properties. So that is one of the things with Life as a Garden. And then they were talking about you know, using your plants for benefits. So how many people have actually started those veggie gardens? And if you've got small spaces, have you maybe created a vertical garden or hanging baskets? They, they are the most magnificent plants you can get in hanging baskets mm-hmm. at the moment. And especially, I know you don't like indoor plants, but... I don't sh- have a choice on that at the moment, okay? <laughs> I've, I've now become the plant parent 
Oh, for all the plants in my house, okay, <laughs> none of which actually happen to be mine, with the exception of one ficus, which I've been kept alive since 1985. I told lots of people that story when they said to me, their ficus are dropping. I said, I know someone who has a, a, a ficus that's over 20 years or so, <laughs> and it's still looking amazing. It is. Yeah. And I now have one from our next door neighbors who moved, which has joined it. So, but now oh, it's I'm, got a friend. I'm the plant parent. Oh. If you understand, we've got two of the children who watch Instagram and all of that kind of stuff yeah. and they are now we want the rooms like all of these people who've got these rooms yeah. with all the plants so their <laughs> rooms are full of plants uh, but they get a little bit lazy when it comes to watering that is one thing you cannot skimp on yes I think when as soon as you buy an indoor plant it almost should be a prerequisite that you get a spray bottle so at least if you don't always water your plant you can mist your plant no I think you should get a license <laughs> I thought that was just for driving or maybe having children, but <laughs> don't need a license for children. <laughs> but it is, I think, indoor plant care is quite challenging. Mm. Um, and I was going to say, Instagram makes it look so easy. It oh is really my not. goodness gracious me. <laughs> don't we all wish we could have those plants that look like they oh. do in Instagram, especially when you buy the indoor plants because they look incredible. And then you take them home and maybe you put them in the wrong light. Mm. And I think this is the right reason why you go and visit the garden centers to get your plants, because they will give you the correct advice so that you have success. Um, you know, you can buy lots of inst plants elsewhere. And it's not to say that you won't get the right advice, but the garden centers, they're keeping them alive in mm. their nursery. So they have experience with practicing growing them in the correct light and the right amount of water. And so, um, yeah, just speak to them about how to have success with your plants because nobody wants to take a plant home and then it dies. But you see, this is what so. I say to everybody that comes. You know, when I was working at, at a garden center as well, mm -hmm. and the people would say, yeah, but my plant is looking. I said, okay, what you have to understand is that you've come and bought a plant from here, which has been cosseted. It's been in a little nursery. <laughs> That's why they call it a nursery. Like, you know, have kids in a nursery. I you never feed thought them, of that. You look after them. They get all of the food and, and water that they need every single day. Then you take them home yeah. out of their nice snug environment and you go and hoi them somewhere in the garden. They're now going, what have you done to me? Where's my water? Who's not looking after me anymore? And that's exactly what happens. They go into shock yeah. because you're not looking after them the same way as they're used to being looked after. Yes. So you need to think of it from that point of view. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to pop this onto the, win onto the windowsill in full sun and never give it water. <laughs> and expect it to survive and exactly. look amazing on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, when you were busy saying that, there's a really lovely Mother's Day idea that Life as a Garden is published and it's to do with upcycling mm -hmm. so it's to make a, an African mama planter and so you upcycle your cold drink bottle or your milk bottles mm -hmm. and you actually you're turning it upside down so you're using the lid part of it as the bottom and then you could put some holes in the containers to make it like a hanging basket yes and then on the container itself you're going to draw or stick on make a type of a face and then go into your local garden center and find a beautiful creeper to mm. use as the hair. So, and there's so many beautiful ones at the moment. There's gorgeous peperomias outside. Yeah. You know, and those could actually, to me, they always remind me of a brain. So those foliage could be, oh, goodness, okay, no. <laughs> they, they, I was going to they just, Somebody's they exposed as your brain. Okay, so maybe not a good idea for a mum, <laughs> yeah. unless she has a beautiful sun hat on over the peperomia and you just have the leaves yeah. coming out the side. Or you've got the other peperomias like the, that could look like very trendy hairstyles. You've got those large leafed philodendron scandens, which will hang over. 
Um, my oh. girls have done one with um, the string of beads. Yes. <gasps> so, so it looks popular. like dreadlocks. Yeah. yeah, that would be really lovely. But I like the spiky ones that come out. And, and what's that one with the, the um, a fiber plant? Uh, it, it's like a junkus. Yeah, it's one of the junkuses, but it looks like, you know, with those trees that get the light on the end, the Christmas trees that get the light on? The end, the play play Christmas trees, and they light fi- fiber. <gasps> oh, it's optic, a it's, fiber optic tree. Plant, it's, um, that thing. <laughs> uh, oh, I know what it is, but it's a, it generally tends to be more of a water plant. Yes. Yes. Isolepsis, I think it's called. Isolepsis, that's yes. the one. And yeah. you can imagine that sticking <gasps> out of the top of a head. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it could be there, then you don't actually put the holes into your container. So you're going to create almost like a little bit of a bog in yes. the container and then you have this beautiful, funky, sticking out hairstyle. And if you really, if your mum, who you're going to give the hanging basket to, is very low maintenance and doesn't have time to look after plants, then you could put something like a chlorophytum. Mm. You know, the hen and chicken, hen and which chicken, is yeah. just so lovely. And I mean, it just keeps reproducing all those little chicks on the end. So um, it's the plant that keeps on giving. It's Medusa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think there's really lovely things. And then... You know what? We were working with kids yesterday in the nursery and they're just so creative. So I think as parents, you plant the seed and it's it's even something where the dads could go and do the activity with the kids Mm. because the kids' um, creativity will shine through and the dads just have to help them maybe, you know, put a hole or two in the lid if they're going to for the drainage and to put make the hanging basket and then just get some material to create a uh, either a headband shwe shwe. or a shwe shwe to make to a make kind a of a duk. Yes. Yeah. You know, so really you could go to town. And I think homemade gifts for me are really, really special, especially at Mother's Day. It's something that you are celebrating your mom yeah. and all that she does for you. So if it's something from your heart and it's homemade, I think she would just love it. And better than chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> now it's really you tossing it a toss-up between plants and chocolate. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> that is a tough decision to make. It's always going to be the plants for me, I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay, so what else have we got okay. going on in there? Then we've got, okay, so we've spoken about um, the different colors for yeah. the seasons. And then we go on to, oh, with the, what's so beautiful, sorry, is the... Um, Plants to put on your desks, and mm-hmm. they were talking about mini plants because, like you were saying, being a plant parent, so many people are bringing their plants indoors. And we uh, talk about Tom Thumbs in the business, so they're tiny little plants that have been grown in five and a, five and a half centimeter pots, mm-hmm. and they are just you put put them into little pots on your desk or on your windowsills, and they actually are meant to be giant plants, well, normal plants that will grow bigger but the pot is going to restrict their growth. And they work really well in fairy gardens or in atriums. And so Life is a Garden is saying, you know, explore the mini plants that you could find. So these were indoor mini plants. But then you start looking at the indoor vegetables that you could, not indoor, the mini vegetables that you could start growing as Mm. well. So like your mini cabbages, mini carrots, baby finger carrots. Um, in five centimeters, Carrie. That's really oh, no, small. No, 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 no. Okay, so now we're going on to vegetables. Small vegetables. Yes. Yeah, I'm still thinking like how you, it's a fairy pot. How are you going to what? plant something and grow it in there? I mean, hypoestes possibly. Yes, yes that's an an excellent one. Yeah. You know, the polka dot plant. Yeah. The other one that we're and now I'm sorry, I'm going back to the vegetables. Okay. <laughs> so I can see I'm jumping. My my mind is all over the place today. Is the microgreens? Yes. So we've had quite a few kids doing school projects and some of the schools still stick with the traditional beans 
Which is great. And, Which you know, crisps and lentils and mung beans. And, and But even just actually the microgreens. Yeah. Because they come up so quickly. Baby rocket. Yes. And it's so cool. And it's quite, you know, it's got quite a nice sharp taste. So kids, I find these days kids' palates are actually quite experienced. Mm. You know, when we were younger, I don't think we experienced all the food, the different sensations that you can with food. I just remember as I you hated today. celery. I love it. celery to me is quite crunchy. I like crunchy food. I didn't I like think the it stimulates my brain. No, I love it. So, <laughs> but I mean, we did have a wide array of food, but I just don't remember it being, or well, I still like very bland type of food. But the food that we're exposed to today, when you taste the mustards and the rockets mm. and the different spinaches and ugh, the kale, you know, <laughs> that we have, it's just our palate is very exposed to so many different mm. tastes. Mm. And so kids like that. And I remember we had one mom, she says, you know, please just give me something that will grow. And I said, these seeds will come up within four days. Just sprinkle them on the top of the soil, give it a little bit of water and you will see. And they did. And her kids were so impressed that they actually grew something and it was really easy. Mm. And then the fact that they got to pick it and put it in their salads or sprinkle it on top of their soups. So, you know, the micro growing is becoming very popular. And uh, the one that's really surprised me at the moment is the tomatoes. So we have so many people who are asking us for tomatoes at this time of the no, year. I know. We, this is a thing that happens every single year. I know. And I thought maybe it was because tomatoes are so expensive in the shop and they want to grow their own. No, it's just people and don't understand that it's a summer crop. Well, I think that's what it is because we we can get avos all year round mm. and we can probably get tomatoes all year round, but they may be shipping them in from Israel in winter. So we're not understanding the fullness of the seasons mm. and what plants you should grow at what time of the year. And so I think that's also really important. You know, when you go into a garden center, they're going to give you the best advice on saying, you know, don't grow tomatoes now. Because well, you can't it's grow going tomatoes to, now. Oh, but... People think they can. I don't know. They just, you know, we believe that we can defy nature. <laughs> that's our ambition is to see how we can that's defy That's not an ambition. It. <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> so anyway, but so the microplants is also very trendy. Mm. And then, of course, the, we've spoken quite a lot about the eating of the vegetables and those healthy things that mm. we're doing. So those are some of the gardening trends that we have. The reset, have. yeah. Yes, the reset, the succulents. You know, there's still that big move to having, you know, the portulacaria, which is lovely as an indoor and outdoor plant. And actually, I was saying to our team the other day, I think there's a very big move to having outdoor plants indoors, even if it's just for a short period of time and then planting them outdoors again. So your plants are becoming, I want to say universal by mm. indoor, outdoor, like even your philodendrons, we're putting them inside and outside. They're not but only inside. They've been bred to be able to handle inside and some bred to be outside. So you, that's yes. why they have them in different areas when you go to a garden center. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, no, absolutely. You know, I, I get, it gets frustrating with people saying, I need a rose that I can grow indoors. <laughs> or a lavender. Which, lavender, which la lavender will grow best inside? Oh, goodness. I'm like, is it in an atrium? No, it's just inside. No, sorry, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and especially your Mediterranean plants. You yeah. know, they're certainly not going to be those sort of plants that you can put indoors. But when you start looking at your tropical plants, mm. those are ones that you could actually put indoors and you would have great success with them. Yeah. I mean, one of the great winter ones that um, can do inside and outside, and I always think it's fascinating that it can, is the cyclamen. Yes. It actually almost does better outside in winter and than it does it in, in your summer. home. Yeah. yeah. To me, when I first saw it outside, I thought, oh, no, those people are crazy. What are they doing? 
And then I watched it through the winter and it just, mm. they were magnificent. They love the cold. You know, they're not like me. <laughs> no, I don't like the cold. Yeah. So then Life as a Garden just did a little bit of an update for us on the Shothole Borer. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been following that again. Because I think it is becoming, I don't know if the, the beetles have been more active because of spring and summer. Mm. And I think us as the human population, we've kind of been preoccupied or I felt mm. that in the garden centers, there hasn't been that push for shot hole borer, how to get rid of it, what's happening in our garden, or maybe all the trees in our mm. local area have been chopped down already. But there isn't still a registered poison to get no. rid of the shot hole borer. The cure so. was not a cure. And I mean, it was even just today before mm. I came walking past one of your nurseries and mm. eating all the clover that I found there. <laughs> Um, was that I was looking at some of the plane trees mm. and you can really see it at this time of the year when they're losing their leaves, how far up the shot hole borer has actually bored. Mm. Okay. Mm. So all the people, they're saying, no, you must spray your tree. I'm like, yeah, but how do you spray up there? How yeah. do you keep that on? I mean, the half-life of the stuff that you're spraying on and it can't get into the holes to get to the fusarium. Because they've already been blocked. Because they've already been blocked or and damaged. it won't get in. Yeah. So, the, yeah. you know, everybody's going, oh, this, that, and the other. We do have something that we're working with. Oh, okay, cool. Um, we're waiting to see what the results are. So far on the bush willows, it's looking quite good. Oh, nice. um, using an adaptogen of sorts. Okay. But it's also going to be a while. So I've been saying to everybody, even got somebody saying to me, right, I have a syringa which is split. I know it's an invasive. Should I take it out? So I went... Yeah, it's an invasive. I do like syringas and this, that, and the other. So I said, rather do me a favor, get an arborist in to see if you can mm. save the tree. I in the meantime, right. go and plant another tree next to it. Yeah. Okay, you can get in a big tree or you can grow it from small, but keep that tree until you know that you're not going to be able to keep it. But mm. that's the only thing I'm going to say to people right now. Find out which trees are not reproductive hosts when it comes to the shot hole borer yeah. and plant a tree Yeah. today. I think that's very sound advice. And the other thing is actually to feed the tree. You know, mm. if you have young trees that are, you know are going to be susceptible and are reproductive hosts or actually even non-reproductive hosts, yeah. even more important, rather just give them some fertilizer, make them as strong as possible. Because if they are stronger, they would be able to fight off the shot hole borer a whole lot better. Not to say that they won't get it, but they'll just be able to maybe mm. keep living a longer lifespan. That's what Life as a Garden was saying. And I think the way that they described it in terms of malnutrition of your tree, that was quite interesting for me because I hadn't heard it described that way. But the fusarium is basically blocking off the food and water channels for the plants. Yeah, it turns so, the entire inside of um, inside the cambium into complete mush. So then the yes. xylem and the flume, which moves the water and the food yeah. around, cannot do it anymore. The yeah. No more capillary action, no more getting of the food from the roots up into the top of the tree. And that's exactly. why it starts dying from the top down. Yeah, so yeah. that's what it is. So this, if you can just feed up your tree and yeah, plant another one next to it, this is a great time mm. for planting and to be in the garden. And, you know, you can go to a local garden center again and ask them for trees which are not susceptible to shot borer at the moment. Mm. You know, I think it could change a little bit, but generally there's quite a few that are not susceptible. Well, if you go onto either Fabi, that's F-A-B-I, yes, or important. onto JUFA, which is the Johannesburg Urban Forest, Forest Alliance. Oh, so they've also got which trees are being attacked and which ones you should plant. TreeWorks mm. have also got it all up on their website. Yeah. Um, wonderful trees that you can plant. And I think if you're going to plant a tree now that you think, you know, if it's a coral tree or if it's a bush willow or something, yeah, I, I wouldn't be planting them. I don't know mm. why nurseries are still selling them, knowing that there's a possibility they may get hammered. But yeah. if you're going to plant the, a particular tree and you're not sure, when you do it, 
just give it a good dose of insecticide. It's systemic insecticide mm. and fungicide. Mm. So at the same time when the, the tree is going to like bring it up through the roots into the system and give it a bit of a fighting chance as well. Yeah. Because you're, fight, you're not just fighting an insect, you're fighting a fungus, fungus as well. And funguses are always hard to get rid yeah. of. It doesn't matter which what plant is susceptible and to it, fungus. You it's can spray that terrible. tree. <laughs> you spray that tree as much as you want. You're not going to do anything to that fungus. Yeah. No, it's a, a very strange thing. Yeah. So, and then if we go back to okay, so then we've chatted a little bit about the shatterbore, and then just gardening in May in general. So one of the things is hopefully you've planted your Namaquilan daisy seeds and scattered that beautiful orange and yellow everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting for my dahlias to stop being orange. <laughs> <laughs> They're still going mad. I was going to say, we have beautiful pink ones in the nursery. So What's that going is on gorgeous. with dahlias? Yeah. Dahlias are going mad this at is the moment. The it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. They've had a really good year. It's also to start underplanting your roses with something because, you know, in two or three months' time, we'll be pruning our roses. Mm. So get something there. So when you just have the roses looking like sticks, there's something underneath that's going to be covering them and look beautiful. Lamb's ears and yellow <laughs> pansies. Yes, that would be to do with our traditional pantones. Yes. Oh, what a nice combination. I'm good. You making me, I know you are. You're making me think I need to find space in my garden for roses. <laughs> I was choosing not roses at the moment. I think I've gone through a non-rose phase, but... This oh every time I look at them and I, I was looking at the peace rose, mm. oh, it's so beautiful. I just think oh, I have to find a place place for you. Maybe you're going to be in a container somewhere. <laughs> Do it and underplanted with pansies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got now so. Duftwalker and Josh Joey, and those are my two. And of course, my sacrificial roses in the vegetable garden, which are just your usual kind of varieties. So Not my specials. <laughs> yeah, when we were talking now about you know pesticides and that sort of thing, I also thought it was amazing when I was looking in our vegetable garden is companion planting mm. you know life as a garden spoken about that quite a lot but it's just so important i was looking at our strawberries and we had our strawberry basket and then right next to we had our marigolds and our marigold was covered with aphids literally i mean it was just all these little black dots mm. everywhere mm. and our strawberries had not one aphid on it and i thought look how good companion planting works you know so when you're doing that you could say like your lambsia and your pansies but if you wanted to do companion planting you could also put lavender underneath yep. which is a really good one um rosemary would grow a bit tall the other thing that i read on life as a garden was amazing is to use your basil which you're not harvesting maybe you've got too much pesto or too much basil and before it goes oh, i know who would have too much pesto <laughs> I've, I've run out of basil if you have too much please bring it to me <laughs> okay <laughs> but it is to actually use that as a mulch around some of your vegetables because it's a very good repellent, an mm. insect repellent. So I thought that's quite a clever idea to do, and especially for someone like me who doesn't even like basil too much. I would, um, I like the idea of growing it, and I think the flowers are beautiful. Mm. But to go and use some of those mulch, I think I'm going to be mulching around my veggie garden with some basil leaves. Fantastic idea. So um, that was quite nice. And then it is soon going to be the time for using frost cover mm. or protecting your plants. And so I think, you know, I think there's lots of different things out there, but the protection is going to come from, especially if it's young trees, which we've just said now you should be planting, you know, maybe get some of the wild grasses that are around or when the council has come and cut the grass to put around the stem to protect it. And mm-hmm. then you can also cover that with frost cover. I, to me, I think of myself, I kind of like layering up and maybe we should be layering around our plants um, particularly the stems and the roots. So to mm. put the mulch at the bottom to protect the roots, nice maybe some blanket, lung, yeah. yeah, some lung grasses around the stem to protect the stem, and then a layer of frost cover over the top to protect the whole 
tree or whatever plant you're trying to and protect. And especially things like um, fever trees, if they're young, yes, you need to definitely yeah. in Johannesburg. Mm. Um, Coprosma. Yes. Up on the high fault. Mainly, yeah. up, I, I'd say most of your frost covering is needed, you know, the very cold areas in the mm. free state. Gauteng, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and I think we actually, but I'm never very good at predicting the weather. I think it might be quite a cold winter. I think we've had a lot of rain, so that water table is sitting quite high. Mm. And they often say when we've had a very good rainy season that our winter is going to be cold. Surprisingly, it may have been a good rainy season, but nowhere close to the last four years. No Somebody way. did a comparison, yep. Can you that? believe that? Yeah, oh, I, I'm actually quite gobsmacked. <laughs> I really would have thought, oh, no, really. Yeah, seriously. We felt sure. like we had a lot more rain, but in fact, we didn't. Very odd. Very strange. Yeah. But our plants are showing us that they've been grateful for the rain that we have mm. had. And I think that's why so many people have had such wonderful success with their garden. And apart from that, they've been spending time in it. I think, you know, when they always say practice makes perfect. And when you spend time in your garden, it's kind of like you're practicing gardening. you enjoying it and then you get to see how gorgeous your plants are actually looking all the time well i'm busy wrapping my garden up <laughs> i'm just waiting for the time when i can go and put my bulbs into the ground okay but apart from that I'm we're gonna wrapping wait for up. strict instructions from strict you strict instructions from <laughs> yeah. the she who must be obeyed <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so, so um yeah so that's what we were talking about we mentioned earlier the harvesting of well, harvesting the leaves mm-hmm. you know please and i remember you put always them saying into your beds <laughs> yeah Please don't put them into black bags on the street. No. There's nothing worse. And although they, at least to me, I think, well, maybe they'll end up in a landfill and mm. sort of become a bit of a compost compared to everything else we fill our landfills with. But yeah, that your garden would so benefit from them. And I think the other thing, and we were mentioning it before, is look after the beneficial insects in your mm. garden. Mm. Um you know, I think three apple trees now and they're four years old and they don't even have a flower or a fruit on them. Mm. And she says, and so then I said, oh, but have you bought the different varieties because they cross pollinate? And she said, no, she's definitely got that. And her neighbors has lots of flowers on something. Oh, my goodness gracious me. What is wrong with these apple trees? But it just did make me go back to, you know, when I'm trying to work out what is wrong with it is has there been enough flowers? Have we given it enough food to be able to produce the flowers for the pollinators to pollinate it? Um, So I think there's those little things that you have to look at. And has she got enough? I I know she does because she has a beautiful garden. Has she got enough flowers to attract all the different pollinators? You know, Um, and so I think we have to look at that and have you put a little bit of water? Because I think that's what we also forget about in our gardens is have you got somewhere that's not maybe a bird bath, but it's just a little bit of an indent where your pollinators can get water. Yeah. You know, that's when we saw, saw, I think the butterflies came through end of February, March. And they, they, uh, the only reason they stop and visit in our gardens is to get a little bit of nectar and water on their journey across our country. So um, it's really important to have those little things to create the ecosystems in your garden. Oh, it makes me so excited. I just want to go and garden straight away. <laughs> what are we doing inside? <laughs> well, we're about to wrap this one up. <laughs> we're going to go outside oh, and play in dear. the garden. There's so much. But it is a, a case of, I think that the majority, not the majority, but at least a quarter of the questions I get from people is, I have this bug and I have that bug and how can I get rid of it? The only time I turn around and say to people that I would advise using anything which is even vaguely toxic, or in fact will tell them to stamp on them, is when you come to the lily borer. And I <laughs> I found them in my prized amaryllis. <gasps> Fortunately, they hadn't gotten down into the bulbs, but they were all sitting there, these black and yellow fat things chomping away on the leaves of my amaryllis. Oh, no. Because I wasn't in the back garden for a week. 
but I stood on them with great pleasure. <laughs> Before we go, just when you mentioned that, we had a customer yesterday and I thought it was a fascinating question. He asked me also, the amaryllis worm is in his amaryllis and he doesn't like to use any poisons, but he says, do you know, do you think I could use the sanitizer that we use in all over our hands everywhere? <laughs> and I'm like... No, I don't know if sanitizer is the right way to go with your plants. No. You know, I think that's why you come to a garden center and ask for expert advice. But yeah, I think when you start using pesticides that you're not sure of, just try and get expert advice first because you want to know what you're doing and you want to use it according to the instructions that are on the packet or in the box. Um, You don't just want to use it randomly. Well, the best thing, of course, is just to get up close and personal and go and have a look at your plants <laughs> yeah. and see what has happened to them if you see if you go and you suddenly look oh my amaryllis what the what the and then you can That's go a little a, worm creeping in my leaf <laughs> I, I, I was terrible I had a pair of scissors with me because I was actually cutting bay leaves <laughs> and I just started chopping all of them in half <laughs> no I was so cross anyway on that point no oh, I'm not dear. a mass murderer it's only the lily borers so if you want to find out more about what you can do in your garden any hints and tips of course get along to life as a garden yes Full of information. Yeah, lots of great info. And of course, you can always ask questions of the expert. Yes, excellent idea too. And I think it's because it's, you know, you're going to get the right answers. You're going to get the answers from gardeners who know what they're talking about. Exactly. And are just going to help you and put you on the right path. Sometimes, maybe not always the information that you want to hear, but it will be of benefit to your garden, to your soul. And that's what's most important. Go out there and do no harm. Yes. Except the lily borers. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the polyphagous shot hole borer. Yeah, Any borers. For sure. They can all go away. All right. Thank you so much, um, Carrie. It's wonderful to see you. you as always. And yes. of course, for the rest of you, please enjoy the rest of the, I like to say the late summer sun before we go into winter, especially up here on the high felt. Just get out there, take your shoes off, rub mm. your toes into the grass, and above all, stay grounded. Bye bye. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook. Mm-hmm.